Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Hours, a QPR podcast for fans, run by fans. And as someone asked me the other day, do you get paid for this? No, we don't. We don't even get our travelling expenses, just so everyone's clear. Joined by a QPR legend tonight. I'm going to do the same joke I did two minutes ago because I did double take. Flo, how are you? I'm okay, thanks, Paul. Thank you. You had a good day? Yeah, busy day. Busy. Why was it busy, Flo? It was it a busy day. Me. It was a busy day because of uh, certain comments at the Ballon d'Or Awards last night. So I had... Uh, BBC, Channel 5 and ITV ringing me at 7.30 in the morning when I hadn't even really got myself together yet, but we got through it. Do you know we what made happens? it. going to happen with this podcast. People are going to call you a celebrity fan. <laughs> I'm just warning you. Morris May, Northern Irish QPR fan, let me good self. Although we sound a wee bit different. <laughs> I sound different. We do. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, well, I mean, obviously I've lost my accent from when coming here when I was seven. and uh, There's nothing wrong with that. It happens as But all. we share, share the same trade as well. Growing plants. Well, apparently, you're doing well, I better grow than me. You sell them. <laughs> I don't sell plants. I, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're a florist events company. Where is anyone getting married recently? No. Okay. Not anytime soon. But when I do, if I do, I'll let you know. Good. Give me a good Pop deal. The question. I've seen your boyfriend on your WhatsApp. He's a good-looking lad. Get, you know. He does come to games. He didn't come on Saturday because he's. Um, I think he's having a bit of a QPR break. But okay, he's well, an Arsenal fan, so he does come. In spirit to the games, but um. get away from them, Egypt! For God's sake, flew us from you. I've also got Paul sitting in from Medieval. Thank you, Paul, very much for coming in. You've been in a few times, and thank you for coming down at short notice because we had a bit of an injury problem, which has been sorted. But thank you anyway. Uh, sorry, uh, we got but joined for some bloke from Bloodbrook Grove. I can't remember his name. So introduce yourself. <laughs> My name's Les. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it Sir Les Ferdinand by chance? You just picked me up on the way through, like you said he was coming to the podcast before I come and join you. Do you know what? Well, you know, you're a QPR fan, why not? What else would you do to choose and except come and talk about the wonderful QPR? Now, for anyone listening, we're going to focus mainly on Les's career. We will be touching upon what he does at the club now because everyone will say, oh, God, the, the lackeys for the club with their own asking. But it's not about that, it's about learning what Les did for QPR and for single handedly keeping us up for. Quite a few seasons without making you go red, but you did. And um, them goals against the scum, man, I've got to tell you. <laughs> I, I was drunk for a week. What, what, what did you remember of that game? I actually remember not, not realising I was going to play. No. Um, we sort of like trained all week and yeah, was in the squad, a few squads, but never really getting in a chance to play. And... Um, had a particularly good week training of scoring goals in the reserves and came in on. Uh, we used to have pre match at, at, at the ground, yeah, on a Saturday morning. Uh, came in for the game. Uh, Trevor Francis came up, named the team, and it's all on me. He scrambled eggs and beans, and um, he says, um, scrambled eggs and beans, says number nine, Les Fed. And like, I was like, I was up pretty late on a Friday night, to be honest, you know what I mean? Cause I didn't think I had any chance of playing, yeah, but um, yeah, he named me in the squad, and um, I was like, pretty surprised, but um. It all went quite swimmingly. Do you know what? More than swimmingly, I, I should bill you for the amount of alcohol I threw <laughs> down my neck that day. Because they, they were decent enough. I mean, people forget this, but people talk about QPR in our generation, maybe young people realise this. Beating Chelsea was, no, was nothing, really. We mm. beat them quite regularly. But we absolutely mullered them that day. It was almost as good as the 6 0. Do you know what I mean? It was just, it was so, and that, ah, the, the, the goals, ah, do you know what? 
I raise a glass to you, Les, because it was it was just brilliant. In fact, I was telling you before we start the podcast that my mate bumped into you in Northern Ireland. I don't know if you remember right, it. Yeah. And um, Stephen Cross, if you're listening, when he started listening two years ago, <laughs> Godfather, my daughter, like, comes in five years later to the podcast and sit, reckons he's my best mate. Anyway, he was in Northern Ireland. He's sitting there, he's, he's having a coffee and he's having a bite to eat. He's like looking across, he's like, there's Les, there's Les Ferdinand over there. And he just went over and had a two-hour conversation with you. And he was like, that's why I said... He went back the next day to work and went, that's why I support my football club. Because Man United don't do it. Arsenal don't do it. QPR. In the middle of Tyrone, a guy walks in. who plays for your football club. But you said it was something with Nike or something. Yeah, I was over there with Nike. And um, I actually remember your mate coming over and me sitting there talking to him. And he was be careful. Because everyone was saying to me, be careful. You don't get many black people over there. And oh, really? If, if you are over there, they think you're a soldier. So yeah, be careful. And that's a drawback. Like, yeah, went out. And um, people I was with at the time, every time we were coming out of the hotel, they had to check underneath the cars and everything, like their mirrors and all. I was like, what's going on here, mate? When he come out, saw a small grass and stuff like that. But like, yeah, I remember being in there talking to your mate for quite a while and oh, he's saying he's QPR fan. He's a nice fella. Yeah. He really is. He's, um, he's, he's proper QPR. Do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to embarrass him now. He, during his wedding speech, he spoke about Ian Holloway for about four minutes. <laughs> Nobody in Dungannon had a clue who Ian Holloway was or what Ian Holloway did. And Stephen's gone, I'd like to thank blah, 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 and Ian Holloway. <laughs> and just went in this rant about QPR. I mean, fair play. And his kids are QPR as well. His whole family are QPR. And, and that's what I love about the club. They can go up and do that and can talk to him. You can do that with the likes of Eric Cantona and people like that. We don't need them. But... We're going to talk about Saturday quickly because we should get away. But first of all, can we just thank Martin Milford, who's a lovely fella and I know him really well. And he's in a band called Orange Goblin. Lovely fella. He sponsored the beers for tonight. Thank you, Martin, big man. You're, you're, you're a legend for um, doing that. As we're sitting here drinking our um, water. Um, but anyway, you get the idea. It, all funds raised for the podcast go into the podcast and we're greatly appreciative. Saturday. Flo, do you want to start? I want to start by saying I had a really interesting experience on Saturday because I couldn't find any of my family to come with me. Friends weren't interested. As I said, boyfriend decided he wasn't going to do QPR this weekend. So I hung outside Ellesby Road and uh, ran up to some random people that were queuing for tickets and asked if they wanted to have my spare season tickets. And I had uh, lovely Tilda and her dad, who I actually can't remember his name, but it was Tilda's first ever football game. And they'd come down for the day from Guildford and her dad just spontaneously decided that they were going to come. And she had an amazing time. And even though we lost, her positivity and energy made me feel actually quite happy at really? the end of the game. I was in a really good mood. And normally if we lose or it's a bad result, I'm really grumpy the rest of the day and quite annoyed and depressed. But her, yeah, just her positive energy really made me feel good and it made such a difference. And I didn't swear once the whole game. Because I knew she was there and her dad specifically said, you know, what's the language like? Well, that referee, that's pretty impressive. I know. I was just, I was saying, oh, you know, bad decision, but I wasn't, yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> you said the same thing, Les, many times. Shocking. <laughs> you know, that's a, oh. But it was amazing. And it's just to see her sort of, I guess, naivety, but in a good way. Like, so in the innocence about How watching she? football. She's only seven. So imagine maybe yourself and you were... Yeah, that was, that was about the same time, I, same age I went to go see us first play. I think we lost to Blackburn in the cup. Surprise, surprise. It probably <laughs> happened about 20 times. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, it was one of the early, early age for me going. So yeah, no, it was great to have her there. And she was really gutted when there was only four minutes of injury time, as we all were, because it should have been about 10. But she was saying she wished there could have been 18 minutes of stoppage time. So maybe then we would have got another girl. But yeah, no, it was great. So that was kind of a highlight of the weekend. And I sort of forgot about the result because I just thought, well, it's a blip on the on the results list and we'll get over it and move on with our lives. Is it wrong <laughs> that we weren't actually that bothered? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm bothered in the sense that, of course, I want us to beat them and I didn't see that performance in Hull. Yeah. I mean, I've watched them on TV. I've yeah, watched they were matches. surprisingly good. I think they just had us sus. They just got their tactics right and I, I, we were a bit sloppy and all over the place. We never really got into the, the groove. We weren't and... nasty enough. We were yeah, letting away with murder. Yeah, I, I guess so. They they looked pretty good. They just knew what they were doing. And They've we definitely played like that all season. Like, I was just like, our oh, typical come to... The one time when I do a podcast, I say we're going to stuff someone. The one... Well, actually, it's not, but never mind. Um, and you think, <laughs> come on, Rangers, we can do this. We've got... We've done the hard work because Rotherham were flipping hard. That was a hard point, in all fairness. That was a hard point. Stoke was pretty tricky as well. And you're thinking, do you know what? Yes. Oh... And they, the first attack you do, you're thinking, actually, they, 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 they're decent. And I thought, oh, God. And I, I don't know. I, I thought the referee was appalling. Liz, I wouldn't ask you your opinion, because obviously you'll get fanned by the FA for this and this. Correct. But if you're going to lose the control of a football match, try and lose it for both teams. Don't just be giving out ridiculous decisions. for Because some of the decisions he was making, if he made them for them as well, I don't understand. But they were just... It just seemed to me like... I don't know. Maybe he had Napoleon-types more man blues. I don't know. Well, doesn't but he, he have a record of being a <coughs> dreadful ref? this is the championship (laughs) (laughs) may may I remind you the good luck of finding one that doesn't but yes it was just it was shocking and I I think it's really annoying because it's so sad because we're on a good run we're doing well we're playing good football again everyone's happy again and then something like that happens but I was so pleased there wasn't the kind of meltdown that would have happened September August time where everyone end of the world I'm I'm at beachy head this is it so everyone just took up the chin and thought you know what Leeds, we go again. Along comes the FA Cup draw. Leeds twice. Seriously. Anyway, so um, without getting yourself into trouble, Les, what did you think of the game on Saturday? It'd be interesting. I didn't see it live because I, I had to go and watch another player at uh, South End. So I Any ideas? I didn't actually watch the game live, but um, I've seen... Uh, no one's listening. You, you know... Um, uh, talk about referees and you talk about Paul and now. I, I just think they're like that every week. Every weekend, oh. I think they're like that. So I've stopped worrying about them. I think they're going to make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. They make bad decisions for folk, both teams. It normally looks like they make even worse decisions for QBR. I've stopped moaning about them because you come off the pitch every. I'd, I'd be fine every weekend if I went down. Sometimes I stay upstairs because I know if I go down, I'm going to say something. So yeah, have you yeah. actually? I've stopped going down. Sometimes I stop. I wait. I wait. I wait, and then I go down because if I, if I go down and I see the referee, I know I'm going to say something. Has it got any better since you were playing or got worse? Um, I think it's got. I think since they've started assessing them, I think they've, they've become so bad, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and, I, and I think it's because they are being assessed. In, in the past, they had personalities. I, mean, I remember saying say to referees, that's crap. Yeah. It's shite what you've just given there. And he's gone, well, i just seen your pass a minute ago. That was shite as well. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, you go, you go, fair enough. And you, you have a bit of banter with him. Yeah, I can't now, even imagine that. But now... That doesn't happen, That's you know, and it's just they're just down, straight down the line, and I think that they've lost that little bit of camaraderie that they had with the players. So you know I mean, and so because of that, the, the, the decisions are. I mean, like I said, I just I've, I've stopped. Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting, sir, because I remember we had um, was it Hobbesing at QPR, 
many years ago. Mm-hmm. He, he single-handedly nearly caused a rat. I don't know if you were playing that game. No, I wasn't. But some of the scenes he made in that game, I was just like, he's going to be having a laugh. <laughs> but you remember them because it was so bad. Now I couldn't tell you what your man's name was on Saturday or something because it's just another... The fans think that you're just another shite ref. But really and truly it is. And I don't know, it's that's, just mad. That's all, almost why I don't think he was that bad because it just it set, it felt like a standard... Yeah, you Because exactly. mm, that, yeah. that's the nature of football is you're, you're always going to be un, unhappy with the way it goes for your team. And it's definitely how I felt with the amount of additional minutes at the end. It could have been four minutes if mm. you hadn't have added all the substitutions. So yes, technically he was right, I guess. But everyone knows it should have probably been about six because they made two subs or something in the last 10 minutes. So it was that slowdown of play that mm. he didn't add on. Well, most refs, they would add on all that time wasting and add it on. But they did, he didn't do any of that. So yes, I guess he's okay. Too, yeah. He wasn't actually stopping But he wasn't watch. stopping it. He was saying, can you hurry up? But, but he wasn't adding it on. Mm. So it was small things like that. So it's, it's not like he did anything wrong. He just didn't do enough. Right, <laughs> that did, makes sense. Did you, 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 you were lucky, you never played for QPR and we had styles. No, I don't think so, no. No. Did you ever play on, when he was refereed? I'm sure I did. I'm you should sure have I asked did. him, Les, at some point, did someone at school who was a QPR <laughs> fan at any point in your life make it a little bit bad? Because that man hated us. You know what you get... I know you can't say this, but there must be some refs who don't like certain teams. Yeah. And Styles definitely hit at QPR. It was just horrendous. We'll be, we'll be taking bets before the game kicked off. Who would send off? I think it's more uh, referees don't like certain players. Oh, do you think so? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think, because like, in, in the heat of the moment, some things get said to the referee, and I think if I was a referee and people had said that to me, I'm probably holding a bit of a grudge as well, like, do you know what I mean? All right. Is it, what do you sort of say to him, you weren't, you're not very good or yeah. things like that? Yeah. I always remember uh, uh, Henry Winter. Uh, oh, yeah. the, uh, uh, he was um, Winter. He was. We never got on at all. And sometimes I'd, I'd I'd be kicked up in the air and I'd look at him and he'd just wink at me. Oh, he'd wink at me like that. <laughs> just shrug his shoulders. It's like, what? What do you want? You know what I mean, because I know after his, his very first game, I said something after his very first game in in refereeing, and he wasn't particularly happy with me. And from then on, never got a decision off him. See, how can they be so petty? What do you say to him? <laughs> <laughs> See, do you, remember, do you remember Milford? Was it Milford? Yeah, yeah Roger Milford. Yeah, he was brilliant because yeah. he looked like he should be in a wham video. Yeah, I was going to say, do you remember him? He was always tanned, wasn't he? He was, he? He was brilliant. He was like, there's a YouTube video of a, of a referee making some very strange decisions, but doing it in a very yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting manner. That reminded me of him. He used to wear the wee sweatband and stuff, didn't he? And he was insane. But... Do you know what? I, I mean, let's go back to the start of your QPR career. I always felt that we, because we were this wee West London club with a good unified bunch of players, we never got many decisions to go for us, mm-hmm. did we? Let's be fair. And I think referees used to hit it when we used to go to the big boys and give them a right good kicking. Yeah. Did you ever think that when you were playing? Yep, I felt that. and I, I felt, They looked at us and thought they, there wasn't going to be too much comeback if they gave decisions against us. I always felt that. And hence when I got fined. That was the reason I got fined because I felt that was the the, the, really? the absolute case. Yeah, that because it was it don't matter. It's QBR. Do you know what I mean? That's all, how I always felt about yeah. it. Um, Nowadays, I feel I, I know it's different because like I, I've always sat quite close to where the linesman is, so I kind of see it firsthand the abuse that officials get. And I, can't, I'm, I sometimes I try and think, can you imagine any other job where you're basically paid for people to shout at you and call you the C word for an hour and a half? 
I mean, I can't think of any other. Maybe someone sometimes the woman just getting rid of. Yeah, sometimes basically prime minister or a policeman. Sometimes traffic warden. Traffic warden. So it's basically one of the worst jobs. And if you're at the top of the game, the pay's okay. But we're really struggling to find good referees because they get treated like crap. So no one wants to be a referee. So if we're actually going to change that perception, like it's different in, in Les's case when obviously there was a sort of stigma about QPR and maybe there was some kind of unconscious bias. But in the sort of world we live in now, and obviously the FA are doing trying a lot to change it, why would you want to be a referee? Because you're just going to get chased off a pitch on, on a Sunday. I did my refereeing course, and I didn't want to carry on because I thought, I don't want grown men shouting at me anymore about a decision I made, whether or not it was wrong at the time. You know, that's not how, that's not how I want to spend my afternoons. It happened at Chelsea. I was at Chelsea Women on, uh, on Sunday because I do some other work for BBC Women's Football Show there. And... Um, I know the WSL have a real issue with the quality of refereeing and Emma Hayes, the Chelsea women manager, is always talking about the quality of refereeing is terrible and if we're going to advance this league, we've got to have better referees. And um, apparently on the other side of the pitch, the cameraman told me that the linesman or, or the referee had given some decision and uh, Reading's assistant manager said, what the hell was that? And she, she said, yeah, I got that wrong, sorry. And he said, well, it just happened. You, could, you can change it. You haven't even blown your whistle yet. And she went, no, it's over, sorry. So there's still kind of a, a, a communication breakdown, I think. And it's, there's a, you know, the fans and the managers, it's always the refs who kind of fall through and become the scapegoat, I think. And I, obviously, refs aren't perfect. And I don't, there's a lot of officials, I think, aren't very good. But we You're need right. to kind of make the whole situation better. I don't know. I grew up watching Irish League football. That was hilarious. Um... Yeah, referees were funny in them days. They used to fool rats and everything. My Irish team playing a derby match was interesting. Anyway, won't go into that. But I think the thing is, going back to Saturday, what I was pleased with is there is... And what do you think has caused this, Les? Was it something that happened in the early part of the season when we weren't doing so well? But there, there does seem to be this spirit in the side which is basically saying, we don't know when we're beaten. Which I hear it when the website did that. We don't know when we're beaten. I'm thinking, oh no, don't say that because that means it's Saturday we're going to lose. Please don't do that. But there does seem to be... What's changed, do you reckon? I just think it's the, the atmosphere in the changing rooms. You know, it's, uh, we've, we've had a clear out. There's, there's a new bunch of boys in there mm-hmm. and, and, and they're good professionals. And um, there is that attitude that, no, we, you know, we'll, we'll keep fighting to the end. And, you know, for a man, everyone's fighting for each other. Um, everyone wants success for the team and, it, and it's good to see. Um, when I joined the club, that wasn't the case. No. Um, coming back, that wasn't the case. And it's taken a long time to, to clean that out. And like I said, we got a good bunch of boys in the changing room now, and um, they're all fighting for the cause. And Lumley's been, I don't know what you think, Morris, but I think Lumley could be player of the season already. He's been fantastic. No, I, I, the, the first time I saw Lumley, because uh, my early season games, I mean, including going to West Brom away, but watching him command from the back, and I've never, I, I've never. I don't remember seeing a goalkeeper doing that before, but he was just constantly shouting at the defence. And that must list. give... <laughs> but that must also give the defence quite a lot of confidence. And, I mean, Ingram obviously had a disastrous start to the season, but... I felt sorry for him. Lungley's coming into a side that must be shot to pieces and actually has managed to, to give the defence that, that surety that he is there and that he is going to... Work well. I mean, it's he's obviously not quite as good as our dear departed, but he's a, he's a young keeper. He's going to get better. I mean, it's um, and 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 actually, from my point of view, that's what I want to see in a club anyway. I don't, 
I'm not interested in us necessarily signing big names. It was just too painful last time in the Premiership. What happened? But, <laughs> <laughs> I fell but, asleep. But just watching, watching really a, a team that isn't particularly, the names aren't particularly well known, gel together and be a team. I mean, the fact that we're having pretty well unchanged first 11 yeah. every week. I mean, I can't, I seriously cannot remember the last time we did that. We always seemed to be a team that was using a using every player at some point in the season of a 45-man squad. It was just ridiculous. Mm. You know, it just looked like a tombola. And, <laughs> I mean, it, I, going back to when when I started watching the, the club, it was consistent. And there were only about 13, 14 players who were the first team. And you'd be debating, well, you know, is Gary Waddock going to be in today or not? Because... <laughs> That was important. He was, yeah. the t- he was the player that would made us tick, or whether it was Wilkins. It doesn't really matter whichever point yeah. you take of QPR's past. We were a small club with a small squad, and it was that sort of team mentality. A bit like our home nation, Northern Ireland. I mean, they've only got 13 players they can choose. <laughs> but it gives that really strong... You know, we, they always perform far better than they actually should do yeah. because they've got that sort of team spirit. Germany and bloody Holland. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, God. But no, you're right. I mean, go back to when you started. Cause I know we're doing this a bit over the place, but that's welcome to me hosting the podcast. It's far more professional than David does it. I often felt, and I got really upset when you left. I'm not going to lie. Um, because it was almost like people were saying, oh, Les has left. He gets a chance to play world-class players. I was like, Alan McDonald, Ray Wilkins, Wagerly, Sinton. What are you talking about? He's had world-class players at QPR. Did you feel that a little bit, that people didn't take us seriously at the time, that Clive Wilson, Bardsley, flipping heck? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that um, uh, people didn't take us seriously. I think and all the teams that we came up against, they always knew we were good football inside. And that was due to, I think, to a man, everyone was comfortable on the ball. Mm. Everyone was, you know, we, we had a good footballing team back then. I think it was just uh, people felt that QBR was only ever going to maybe have a good run in the FA Cup. They was never going to have a chance of winning the league. I think it was more that than we didn't have world-class players. Because, as you said, I think going to Newcastle, yeah, I felt I was probably going to a team that was capable of winning the league. Yeah, um, And I knew, that, I knew the manager was going to add one or two more players to that. That was probably going to give us that, that boost. But, you know, as you said, you know, I played with Darren Peacock at QBR. He was at, he was at Newcastle, you know. Uh, Rob Lee... You know, having looked at Rob Lee in the past, didn't realise how good Rob Lee was until I got there and played with him, you know. So oh, they, really? they had some real good players in the team. And, you know, at the time, I would have compared our players to, to most of the players in that in that team. But um, when you go up a level, it is, it is very different. But was there ever a fullback as good as Willow? Not left-back, no. There you see. <laughs> see I, not, back, not left back. I no. just, I just cannot believe he didn't get more caps. Yeah. Or it didn't w- get any caps. No, exactly. Yeah. I think he played for the B team once. And then he was on the yeah. podcast. Should have asked him last week. He was on the podcast last week. No, I don't think he did. Uh, no, Barzi did, team. didn't he? Barzi yeah, got uh, play for, uh, got a full cap. Yeah, he, he got, got a B cap. Yeah. yeah, he played yeah. that match with the Tizier, didn't he? Yeah. And yeah. you kind of think to yourself, I, I mean, listen, I'm a QPR fan. I've, I felt we were ignored. I mean. The amount of players that we've seen, like Gary Bannister, how the hell yeah. he didn't get any more? Yeah, he mm. wasn't even near the squad. Yeah. And you kind of, so I, I have that kind of like, we were ignored. Because to me, QPR and them days were like Wimbledon, except we played football. Yeah, yeah. You know for what I sure. mean? We brought players straight and we didn't go kicking lumps out of people. Although I did love watching Maka put Finney Jones in this place a few times. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. But when you came to QPR, did you realise 
I suppose like anything when you come from non-league the, 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 your career could go two ways at which point did you know it was really taken off I suppose when I came back from Turkey because um, up until then I'd, I, I kind of was in awe of it all you know I'd come out of non-league football and here I was in the changing room with all these so-called superstars as, as much as you're saying it was only QPR for me I'm in the changing room with all these superstars Yeah. and so um, it Probably didn't hit home for me, and I, and I very much, I, you know, I come from the Lancaster West Estate. Everyone yeah. knows, and I very much tried to to stay there to be like once still one of the boys around the uh, around the neighbourhood. Yeah. So um, I kind of like going away to Turkey and just totally being able to sort of like cement myself in what they were doing over there and in, in, in golfing in in their culture. In, in the way that they did things. I didn't go there thinking, oh, this is not like London, this is not like uh, England. I just went there and immersed myself in what they were doing. I just needed to concentrate on football for, for a year. And unfortunately for me, I had uh, Gordon Mill over there, yeah. who was a manager. Next Leicester guy. And that was, you know, I think, you know, after being there and, you know, you're playing in front of 35,000, 40,000, 50,000 every week, you come back realising, yeah, I, I, I can do this. And were them particularly feisty derbies over there? Yes, I mean it was really it was really strange. Like you know, there was the people used to get injured pretty badly in the, in the derbies Seriously? over the year, like fans and stuff like that. But it was never reported, never reported. But over here, any sign of trouble in this country, it was always reported. And I used to sit there, and then the journalists used to come up, and if there was a problem at one of our games, they'd go, oh, the English, they're all the same, they fight everywhere. I'm thinking, that's a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we see blood pouring from the... You know, what the, the, you know we used to leave stadiums, and the, the coach used to get stoned, and the windows come in and all that. And I was like, all right, OK. But it never got reported, you know what I mean? And so... I mean, okay, uh, Turkish football wasn't that big back then, but like to, to call our, our, our supporters hooligans and see what went out one night out there was like it was a little bit. How many times did you played Galatasaray then? We played uh, so we played Galatasaray in something called the President's Cup at the start of the season. So it's the the, the, the three big teams in in Istanbul: so Besiktas, Fenerbahce, and Galatasaray. So we played them. And I kind of like it was a little bit like playing against Chelsea. So I scored in that game, scored against Fenerbahce in that first Presidents Cup, yeah. and that was it. I was done. It was over for me. Like you know, I was, I was going to have a good year. So, really, uh, yeah. going to have a statue? Yeah, yeah. And all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scoring against them, and so we played against Galatasaray in the, in the league twice, obviously twice, and then in the cup we beat yeah. them in the cup, and the same with Fenerbahce. Um, but Is it really rough though, at Galatasaray? Like, cause they're welcome to hell on that. Yeah, nah, I mean it's. It's really, Is it worse than Port Vale? It was really weird because, um, you know, all the teams were um, in sort of like either UEFA Cup. There was no Champions League back then, but it was in the UEFA Cup. And um, when one of the foreign teams came to, to, to Turkey to play, especially test supporters would go to the Galatasaray Stadium no. to watch. It was almost like Tur- It was like an international game. No. Yeah. So, so some of the sports <laughs> would go there to watch the watch the game. And vice versa, when we played in UEFA, you'd have Galatasaray and Fenerbahce fans in watching Besiktas play play against That's these teams. Deep. It was mad. It was crazy. And then, but then when it was Derby Day, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, seriously, away. yeah, stay out of the way. Well, it's a proper yeah. like flurs. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was because back then you were allowed flurs in the stadium, and we 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 the, the stadium that I played at and the new stadium was like um, at one stage it was in the Guinness Book of Records for for making the most noise. At any one stadium, the most noise coming out of the Flippin stadium, heck. and it was like on a, on Derby Day. It was like it was it was something else. So then you've come back to London, yeah. And what were you thinking? You were thinking mm, this could go one or two ways again, or were you thinking? Like you just said I can do this. Yeah. 
I came back with a renewed confidence that I knew I could play and then join him with, and join in training with the, the first team and stuff like that. And I remember Pete Reid and I think we had Pete Reid, Nigel Speckman, uh, Ray Wilkins were now at the club. Um, and I remember Pete Reid saying to me after uh, he pulled me and he said, when you first come, I went, who's this kid? And I was like, oh, it's Les Ferdinand's been out in Turkey. He said, what was he doing out in Turkey? And he said, like, um, well, he, he couldn't get into the side. He couldn't get into the side. <laughs> and that was in, in sort of like, in, that was just in training. Yeah. And then I was, uh, you know, Clive Walker was still still here. And it's funny, I saw Walks a, a, a couple of weeks ago. I went to, I was at, uh, I was at another game. I was at Cheltenham watching another uh, a game and uh, Clive Walker was there. And um, he said to me, it was, it was probably a, he said it was probably the worst movie he made in his career, Company QBR. So not because he didn't like the club, just just for him personally as a player, it wasn't the right move. It, it turned out not to be the right move for him. He said, but the one thing he tells everybody was in the reserves, I played with Les Ferdinand up front. And he said, I knew where yeah. you, he said I knew where you was going. He said I knew where you was going, but he said we were just scoring goals every week in, in the reserves. And I said. And I, and I said, I couldn't, still couldn't get into the side. Do you know what I mean? And I came back and I probably had a... You know, once I got into the... Uh, once I played in that Chelsea game, I had a bit of a clash with... Uh, clash of personalities with Don Howe. Oh, did you? Yeah, a real big clash of personalities. Can't imagine Don getting angry. Yeah, well, yeah, Don used to get quite angry, especially with me. Because <laughs> oh, I, I had too much to say, you know, I and mean, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. And if he, if he said something, I would put my hand up and he'd go, yeah, what do you want? And I'd go, well... <laughs> If he can do that, why can't he do this? <laughs> I can't accept that. And I go, well, I can't accept what you're saying. You know what I mean? And so we had a real class of person. So I knew I wasn't going to play under Don. And Don, uh, I always remember Richard Thompson saying to me that Don tried to sell me to Millwall. All right. Uh, he, tried, he tried to sell me to Millwall and take Paul Goddard back. And um, Richard Thompson went, no, I don't think that's a good deal for us. Because they wanted uh, they wanted to take uh, Paul Goddard and I think QBR had to pay 250 grand. And so um, Bruce Riott was the manager at the time. And he said to me, uh, I saw, remember seeing Bruce Riott at uh, one of the games and he turned around and he said to me, QBR tried to sell you to me when I was, he was at Millwall. It's the worst decision I ever made, not taking you. No. Uh, yeah, it was, and, and, and Richard Thompson said no. And I always remember when, um, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I left, uh, Richard Thompson pulling me and he said to me, he said, you know, Don Howe's supposed to be sort of like... Because he, he'd come out of England, you know, working mm-hmm. with Terry Venables... Uh, not Terry Venables, uh, Bobby Robson and all mm-hmm. this. And this guy's supposed to be someone who's supposed to be able to see talent, nurture it, and, and, and get the best out of it. And don't get me wrong, Don was a very, very good coach, one of the best coaches mm-hmm. I've worked with. He said, but he's supposed to nurture talent and get the best out of it. He said he would have cost this club £5.7 million. Pound. We can never bought Simon Osborne. <laughs> yeah. And, so and like, Ned Selick. Yeah. So he said to me, like, you know, that's what... Don would have cost, and it was just because I had a clash of personalities with me. See, I've, I've often thought that at football, that's what it is sometimes. If you, you know, you sort of see players, you think, uh, they don't get on with the manager or whatever. So, in your new role as director of football, do you get to sometimes step in? And if you see a situation develop between players and a manager, you can sort of have a, you know, play the good cop, bad cop type of thing? Yes, I do. Um, it's happened, and, and it, still, it still happens today. Um, where you do have to go in and, 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 and sort of like let people know that you're not representing the manager, you're representing the football club. And, um, you know, we expect we're the ones that pay your wages and we expect the best out of you all the time. I mean, it's sometimes it, and it's, it's human nature. You go into any, you know, you go into a football, you know, I say to people who come through the door every morning at the training ground, you've got 50, 60 personalities. We're not mm. all going to connect, we're not all going to like each other. We've got to respect what each other does. 
and try to get the best out of us while we're, while we're there. And if we do that, then we, we, we're halfway there. So what was it like when you walked in just after the, well, the West Ham game, was what the, the, if I remember rightly, the, the game that you came back? What was that like to the QPR that you'd left so many years ago? Unrecognisable. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I left, a, I left a great group of players um, at, the, at the football club and there was, a, there was a united front and we all got on so well. And I always say to people, you know, I went to Newcastle, I went to Tottenham, I went to a few, a few different clubs. But the, the camaraderie at, uh, at QPR was second to none. Um, yeah. Yeah, to a man, we all got on. Um, and like I said, we all we always fighting for the cause. You know, when I when I came back to the football club, there was a lot of big earners who didn't want to play for the football club. They'd come just to, you know, um, and I and I know for a fact some of them came for a, a last payday. They said they were coming for a, a payday, and they they readily readily admitted it. They were coming for a payday, and weren't really interested in playing. Football Did that hurt anymore. you to hear that? Yeah, at the time? yeah. And, and 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 not just because it was QBR. I'm thinking you're a professional footballer and you train every day and the, the training every day, the icing on the cake is playing at the weekend. Yeah, don't they find it boring? And you tell like, that's me... That's what you I don't, don't understand. You don't tell me you don't want to play at the weekend. I just couldn't get my head around People said that to you? Yeah, no, just, you could see by no, the yeah, attitude. But yeah, they was like... Yeah. You know, people going like, it's just the weekend. Just keep your heart. The thing yeah. is, I mean, some of our greatest sides have always been... From a fan's point of view, you've looked at them and you actually see all the characters. I mean, it doesn't matter even the Holloway side that was down in the third tier. Yeah. And you look at that, and they just all looked like they would they would kill yeah, they for each other. Them. I mean, yeah. they, and they, the the camaraderie, and they still continues since they've left the club. And it's just, you know, but that was always what QPR was. You know, we've never been a big side. Yeah. And it's just always been, that's what it was. It was more a family club, but it's, it's us against the rest rather and, and, than... And do you know what? In all the time that I was at, <laughs> at the club, there was, a, there was never a superstar. Really? When I was, when I was playing, there was never a superstar. Wasn't it you? No, it was never a superstar. The boys would never allow me to think, and I'd never allow myself to think I was a superstar. I was part of a, a, a group that were trying to achieve something. And so we never, we, no one ever, I never walked around thinking, yeah, I could get away. And, and Jerry was brilliant because Jerry would never let me get away with, you know, they used to say, if I wanted something, they'd go, I'll go and ask your dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd go, and I'd go, dad, can I now get out? And he'd go, like, get out. You know what I mean? So, you know, um, you know we, he, like I said, there was, you know, Ray Wilkins, we, we, we all, you know, we was in awe of Ray Wilkins and, and people like that. But he, he, he wasn't a superstar, so if he wasn't a superstar, there was no one else in the side that was going to be it's a superstar. A fair point, Dad. You know, do you know what I was? I went over to um, Alan Max, God bless his soul, um, <laughs> game against in the Crusaders, and Ray was a. And I've told this story a million times. I'm never going to get bored. I could not believe the respect that these guys, older than me now, and I'm nearly fifty, had for Ray Wilkins. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. What, what was so special about him and his? And, and, that's, and that's, I suppose, you know, as I've just said there, you know, he, he you know, we play, you know, they played for Man United, we know he played for England on so many occasions. Somebody else. And everyone was revered, he, he was revered um, in, in football, and especially by us. But he never mm. came in and acted like a superstar. He never came in, like, I'm Ray Wilkins, you have to, blah, blah, blah. He would help whoever needed help, you know, and that's, that's what the team was about. But I swear his best football was with us. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 and no disrespect to you, but I mean, I actually felt that he was the person that put you on the map. I mean, just watching him 
landed on your head or your... F- I just don't understand. I mean, he could hardly walk, but <laughs> the balls and the, the sight that he had in a game, I mean, it was just incredible. Well, before he, before he came to us, I think before he came to us, everyone saw him as a bit of a sideways player. Mm. Always gave the ball left, you know, left or right, never really went forward. Yeah. And um, when he came to us, as you said, we had, I think you have it once or twice in your career where you have, you have a, like a telepathy with somebody. And yeah. I had that with Ray. As soon as the ball fell at his feet, I just knew where it was going. And I just had to make a run and I knew it would, it, it would get there. You know, and he, and he used to come and he used to sit next to me and he went, it happened again today, didn't it? And he was like, he was just brilliant. And, and, and like I said, uh, the fact that there was no, no superstar in, in, in our squad at the time, you know, we had some big players. I mean, young players like Gallon coming through yeah, and everything else. And, yeah, yeah. and Im- I never thought Im's got the, the credit he deserved either. No, you're right. You're right. He really didn't. He, he didn't. And, um, you know, he, I look at him and, you know, Trevor came and, and, and Trevor kind of like nicked the spotlight a little bit from him down that right-hand side. You know, when Andy left, he, he moved over to look. But Andy was he was one of the hardest working wing, wingers I'd, oh. I'd come across, you know. But I think that's down to the fact that, you know, Trevor was kind of the dreads yeah, yeah, and everything yeah, else. Yeah. Whereas Andy was just like, if he tackles me hard again, I swear to God he's gone into the LZ road. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's the most aggressive winger yeah. I've ever seen in my life. He used to chase people back so he could punch them. Yeah, exactly. Do you yeah. remember the bars again? Yeah, I know, yeah. And he yeah. knocked your man's spark, didn't he? I mean, that and, was... And, and I suppose the, the, the difference was, I think Trevor probably had a few more goals in his game than... Than, yeah, than maybe, and that was probably why. But and I mean, it's just listen. It's just you. You could go on about that team. I mean, I remember years ago, someone said to me, "You know, you got Macca, yep. You got Paul Park." I went, "Yeah, we also have Danny Maddox." Yeah, Danny yeah. Maddox never ever, and I was surprised he never got a higher move. Yeah. Not them saying I wanted to leave QPR, but he was an amazing player. I think I think at, the, at one stage he was the best man to man marker in the league. And yeah. It didn't matter who came to, to, to Loftus Road or where we went. If you said that Danny did a man-to-man job on someone, you knew they weren't getting a kick. Yeah. Danny used to kick himself as well, though, to be... Do you reckon? Man, man. I remember <laughs> Danny would tackle people in, in training and, and sort of like... He was one of these cumbersome players, like, you know, he'd, he'd run into you. And I remember one day I'd sort of like... I'd split my eye. I'd, I'd stitches in my eye and I was... I was I, it, I'd done it in the game on a Saturday and I was having them removed on the Friday before the next game. And... Um, Danny ran into me in, in training on the Friday. And I've gone, F and L, Dan. And he's gone, what, I didn't touch you. And the blood pouring from my eyes <laughs> where he cut the other side. I went, yeah, this just happened by itself, didn't it? Like, I mean, was it you know, Scotch mist? <laughs> but, but that was Danny, but man-to-man Mark, and he was... He was it was superb. See, I, I loved that. I mean, I'll be honest with you, that was, I mean, maybe it's because I, you know, I came over from Maryland in the 80s and yeah. I missed the, the FA Cup final. I'm not talking about 86 because it didn't happen. Nothing happened that day. It was a quiet Sunday school <laughs> behind Mark. <laughs> useless, useless people. Anyway, and... I we could go to games and think we'd win, and you said about the other guys when you came back to QPR. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we could see it as fans that they didn't give an absolute rats. But tell me this, and we'll, we'll talk about what you're doing now, at QPR. But I want to know: Do you reckon Macca really didn't like Mark Hughes? I got the little impression that Mac had a bit of a problem with Mark. Not as much as I have after he came as a manager, but never mind. I think he had, he had a bit more than a bit of a problem with Mark Hughes. You know? Didn't he, had he? A, he had a big, 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 massive problem with Mark Hughes. You know? I mean, and listen, they were both aggressive players, you know what I mean? And sometimes you come up against someone that, you know, whenever you get in a game, you think they'd give you something last time. And that was a great thing about football back then. You know, if someone had given you something in a game before, the next game you played against them, they were going to get it back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, 
he'd get he'd get Mark Hughes back then. Mark Hughes would get him in the next game, and it was like the next game. It was like yeah. But it was strange in Macca because I remember there's the an FA Cup match under the Monday, and Macca was sent off quite early in that one, <laughs> and I'm like thinking, oh dear, that's nothing. You're like there's only a few QPR fans up there. You look at those Man U fans, and they go. Then you watch it back and went, ooh. <laughs> 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 you know, it's like, if, if, if it was cameras in them days, he'd probably be facing nine match. But I just didn't. And, and yeah, I, I kind of got to know Macca because Alan McDonald's the reason I spoke QPR. You're right. Because him and Ian Stewart and went to the same school as me. So, you know. And I spoke to Macca about Marcus and he just, such a lovely fella, such a gentleman. Wasn't one of my favourites. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. And I'm thinking, if it wasn't me and it was another player, you'd probably tell you loads of stories why he hit it, Marcus. So apparently, yeah. he went back to that night in Old Trafford when he, he when Macca right, thought yeah. he, he he faked it. Yeah. I'm not so sure Mark Hughes did fake that one before. <laughs> but um, what a player Macca was, though. I mean, yeah. it's it's horrible to think that he's not with us. And Ray, I mean, I was, someone told you that ten years ago, you wouldn't believe it, would you? I was at the, I was at the club yesterday with um, with Andy Sinton, who was watching the FA Youth Cup game. And we were talking, we were telling some stories about our time and uh, about Macca, and, and I said he was the funniest man I ever came across in football. Without, really? Without knowing that he was funny. He won the Peter Beardsley. He, he was, he was the, he was, the, he was the captain, um, but he got disrespected by so many people. At the club, it was unbelievable. You wouldn't believe he was the captain, but it was because he was an idiot himself. Like, you know, he act, like he would act the idiot all the time, and so. Um, but as a player, he was, he was, he was fantastic. You know. Do you, um, do you have any? Regrets at all about your playing career, not necessarily about QPR, but just about certain moves you made or something you wish you could have played abroad more. Or I think um, probably the, the the biggest regret I, I had was probably going to Spurs when I went to Spurs, oh. um, and, I, and I mean that in the nicest sense. I mean, I, I can't. I left Newcastle because of my pride rather than because it was the right. Fo- when I left QPR, I left QPR because I thought it was the right footballing move for me. Uh, you know, I wanted to see if I could go and better myself, and. When I when I left uh, Newcastle and went to Spurs, I probably it was more based around what had taken place in the lead up to me leaving Newcastle than it being the the right footballing move for me. You know, there was a, there was a few other clubs that had come in at the time, um, and I thought, now you know, I'd supported Spurs. Let me get back to let me get back to, to London. Um, and you know, they you know speaking to Alan Sugar, what he wanted to do at the football club, I knew I was going to a mess. And um, it turned out to be that way because I, I had four managers and, f- and a change of board in the first five years, so it was it was um, it was a bit of a mess there. But um, that was probably the, the the regret I had because um, I felt if I'd have stayed in Newcastle were on the cusp, I felt they were really on the cusp of winning something. But you know what? Because of my pride, I decided to go Spurs. Really? And you think yeah. it was just too late? Or? Yeah, I mean, because uh, when they, uh, you know, I'd, I'd been there two years and they they got the six million pound bid and and and. I think uh, they had, they had a, a CEO uh, called Freddie. I want to get the name right. Not Freddie, Shepherd. Freddie Shep. No, Freddie Fletcher. Oh, okay. Freddie Shepherd. So unfortunately, passed as well. But um, Freddie Fle- uh, Freddie Sh- Fletcher, who my agent turned around to him at the time and said, "You know, Les doesn't want to leave the club." And he went, uh, "You don't always get what you want in life." And just that little comment, wow. just that little comment there, was the thing that persuaded me that I had to go. Um, because Kenny Dugley said he didn't want to sell me um, and he said I really hope when you go to, to talk to Spurs they, they break down and you end up coming back but because of that little comment that he made that kind of made my mind I had to leave the, I had to leave the weird, football club yeah. and I sort of like I mean played 84 games scored 50 goals 
And then someone saying that, you think, yeah, I've got to get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad return up there, to be yeah. first. It's all right. When, when, one thing I will touch upon as well is when you came back to Rangers, this is, this is not the days of like, you know, players now that say we don't celebrate because it's disrespectful. You, to me, didn't celebrate because you still loved the club. It, was that weird in I, some ways? I had a little bit of a celebration because I think it's automatic. You know, you mm. score and, and, and like I said, it's like when, when I was talking about you, you play, you train all week and at the weekend. So for me, playing, you, you train all week and then you go, right, the icing on cake for me at the weekend is scoring a goal. Um, and people that can control it, I think, well, OK, good luck to you. But you score and that's what you want to do and that's your, that's your goal for the day. And it wasn't because it was QBR that you know, I didn't celebrate. I think I had a little bit of a celebration, but I think it was the when when the game was over, the reception I got was... Because, you know, you go back, you see players go back, they've been at clubs for a while and then they go back and then as soon as they touch the ball, they get booed. And um, when I, when, uh, as soon as the game... I didn't get the boos and I was like... And even when I scored, I see some hands go up in the loft. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Is it the wrong shirt? Yeah. I saw some hands go up in the loft and I was like, what? Like that. And so, like, um, I don't remember you saw See, I, I remember it's. I can't, like, jump up. Keith Gillespie, to be fair, Keith, Keith Gillespie was right close to me and he kind of, like, jumped, I just kind of, like, jumped on him in a little bit and I just gave a little fist. But he probably hadn't been an assist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor old Keith. No, it wasn't. It was, because uh, he scored, didn't he? Keith scored two, I think, in the, in the mm. game. And um, mine was just a long ball from a punt out of, out of uh, from Warren Barton, just uh, just clearing the lines, and then I had the the, the chase with Danny Maddox. We knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I, I said to me, I said this isn't going to end well. And it's just like, you just see it, so this is not going to end well. Because how many times to be see the one goal that sticks in my head? I don't know about you, because you're similar to me, but you're a bit older. <laughs> is the goal against Sheffield United. And I don't know why it sticks in my head. Do you remember it? You kind of picked the ball up from the halfway line and just in front of us turned into a superstar. <laughs> it was just the weirdest thing. It was like, what was it? Jesus. And you left him for... Do you, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picked it up on the halfway line, came in, ch- uh, chested it down, kneed it down and went for a few plays and smashed it in the bottom corner. Easy. As you do, Joy like. Yeah. Do you know what I, mean? I, I used to do that. Be, that was my dreams. <laughs> it was always against Chelsea in the FA Cup. <laughs> and I, I, would, I, would, I remember in my head, I'd rub the Kerry Dixon and give him really bad shit. <laughs> and then I'd wake up and have to go to work. It was really annoying. No, I was at school. That was it. I was at school. I wasn't working. But when you, when you, when you go back again to when you came back to QPR and you do roll, I'll be honest, and I'm not going to bullshit, I was quite critical. Mm-hmm. As you know, and I was kind of like, you know, if you've got a good manager, do you need a director of football? Mm-hmm. And also, we weren't getting the results. And I'm not going to bullshit, as I said, I was quite critical. Did you feel a lot of pressure when you came back to get things right because of what happened before and that you were being judged maybe a little unfairly a little bit by people like myself? Um, I mean, I, I, I saw, you know, I, I think Stan Collimer came out and said, QPR don't need a director of football, Chelsea, Man United. Uh, those type of teams need directors of football and I think I went when I, when I walked into the club and I saw what was going on I went you're so wrong you're so wrong because at Manchester United at Man City at Chelsea you go and identify the best players in the world and it's about just negotiating a contract at QPR the mess that the football club was in like if you'd had the director a proper director of football who was looking after the football club and not the manager you might have a different. You might you, you might be in a different place right now, but you didn't. Really? You, you had a director of football that came in with the manager, so all he was ever going to do was appease what the manager wanted. And you know, my job ain't to my job ain't to to, to say to the manager, "No, you can't have this. You can't have that." 
my, my, my job is to, to, to look at the, the, the club holistically and say, listen, we do this, we do this, this is the outcome. And that never happened at the football club. You got the outcome. Mm. And the outcomes put us in the predicament we're in right now. And, you know, you spoke about earlier on, QBR was always a team that produced players coming through the yeah. system. Mm. You know, when I walked through the door at QBR, you had superstars, people that thought they were bigger than the football club. And yeah. that's a shame. And whatever football club you go to, once you've got that, you've got problems. You've got real, real problems. I remember... The, the but, it was, but it was also that feeling that there was actually the players wanted to play yeah. for the club. I mean, I, my first season was a relegation season back in the 78, 79. Mm. And you saw the likes of Clive Allen and Paul Goddard coming through and the tail end of Stanley Bowles. Yeah, yeah. And it, but you just, even in that team that, was, that got relegated, you just saw they wanted to go out and play for QPR. There was no... To me, they were the biggest side. Yeah. You know, it was... In their minds, the players saw that being the biggest side. That's who they wanted to play for. It's, I mean, admittedly, that was probably the past history of three years before almost winning the league, but yeah. it didn't matter. That was, and that was always with the club. I and mean, you then had um, Terry Venables, all the players there, you just got felt they would lay down their lives for the club. Mm. It was just, and it just continued through, and then it just all went, oh. Well, I think, I, I think if, you, if, if I'm ever going to say that the one thing that summed up to me, I don't know, it's your generation, all our generations, was the away game at Reading when we went, you know, that game we went down and you've seen the players just coming off the pitch and the management team. That, was, off that the pitch. was probably the lowest of the low, really. The wasn't single it? laughing and stuff yeah. like that. I hate singling people out by single laughing and not caring. If I'd have been in the coach with a single, I'd have ripped his head off because mm-hmm. you, you shouldn't go down a tunnel. You should be sitting on that pitch. I would have thought, I know that. You, you know, QPR means a lot to you. I know you're a Spurs fan, but QPR means a lot to you in the community and everything else. I'd be devastated. You know, you've let over 40 odd games a season, you've yeah. let those people down. Yeah. Don't go off smiling. And it's maybe, not only just the fans, though, it's actually embarrassing for you as a professional. Yeah. Well, exactly. maybe, but I don't think that's your pride, core though. target yeah. of the season. So, exactly, that just shows that that's but you, you don't care. There was games that, they, and you probably say as well, there was games and they would make mistakes and they were laughing. And I'm telling you, Les, as a fan, I saw them laughing on the pitch. They would make a balls up and they turned to each other and go, you know, they didn't care. And do you think, I mean, I don't know if I want to go back to the Premiership. I'm so scarred from that, that time that, you know, going back would be hard. If we do go back, please God, let there be a different mentality. Because I never want to see QPR get embarrassed week in, week out, and people mm. just come off the pitch and jump into Bentley and going home. That's yeah. not what we're there, there about. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the stakes are so high now. Um, if you get if you get promoted to the, to, to the Premier League, what you got to do, what we got to make sure is that you don't make the mistakes again. We don't mm. make the mistakes and say, right, okay, we're going to go and spend all this money on big players. You know, for QB, teams like QBR may sound stupid. I think you need to bounce. You might need to go up and come down and go up. Same, but you, you're strengthening the team all the time. Mm. You're strengthening the squad all the time. You know, There's a huge advantage there because I mean the the payments that they're getting mm. once you're relegated, it, if you it allows it, you just if, to bounce. Yeah, I mean, it's, if you use it wisely, yeah. yeah. You know, we, we we had those we had those uh, those payments, but they were going on people that didn't want to be at the football club. Yeah. Couldn't get rid of them, so you're still spending the money. But yeah. those people ain't going to help you get back to where you want to get to. So it's, it, it, it's imperative that if it happens again, we we've got people in place, or you got you've got a structure in place that means you're not going to go through that. Yeah. That again, you know, and you know, the owners take a lot of stick. I know they do, you know, but all they've all they've done is had their heart in the right place, and they back the people who were in charge of the football club to try and take it to where they, they wants to go. And all they've done is because they don't understand the 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 the, the, 
the, the not the ins and outs, but the, the playing side of it, as they think, right, I'm giving you're the expert, yeah. and I'm giving the expert what he needs. Mm. And I'm Harry Redknapp, Mark Hughes, brilliant experts. Yeah, it's just it's just trust, <laughs> Mike Rigg, trust and advice from the wrong people. <laughs> well, good luck to Burnley fans with Mike Rigg coming in, but I, I don't expect lesser comments on that. But good luck. You're in the wrong position with that Egypt to get near you. And that's what annoyed me. There was, do you know what I noticed we changed? Do you know when, when you played for Rangers the first time? Well, obviously not the second time, she came back a different role, sorry. Um, as you guys would walk down from the White City Tube. Yeah. You know, like Mac or whatever, and yourself and whoever, and everyone, or you park the car, and you sit around and you yap away to people like yeah. Daphne and people like that. And then the second, the premiership, they start putting barriers up yeah. and the players were going behind the bar. I never want to see that at QPR yeah. again. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a strange it's... one. I mean, I used, to, I used to park my car in White Sea Estate. <laughs> I always used to leave my car in White Sea Estate. <laughs> and I mean, at one stage, <laughs> at one stage, like, I had a Porsche. All right. I, I used to just leave it in the estate. And people used to go, Liz, you leaving your car? And I was going, yeah, it'd be all right there. No problem. <laughs> never had a problem. I used, to, I used to come out, I used to come out the... Uh, because a player's entrance, a player's bar used to be above the club shop. That's right. I used to walk down the steps and just walk across into the estate and get my car and go home. <laughs> just amazed it'd still be there, to be quite honest. <laughs> but that's where I used to leave my car. Do you know what I mean? And whoever I met on the way down, whoever I wanted to, whoever wanted to speak to, whoever wanted to play, you, you did that. And, you know, I understand now that, you know, most of the, the Premier League clubs, you know, they have that, that separation. The money's become that vast that, yeah. there is that, that there is that separation between the supporters and the, the, the players nowadays. We're trying to bring that back into play. And, and I think we've got quite a friendly bunch at this moment in time. But, you know, when, when things are not going great and people are earning vast sums of money, you know, people tend to, to, to hit on that. And that's why there's, there's been that, 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 that bit of a gap. That was sad to see. I mean, I, I never thought I'd say that because I used to, I used to enjoy boarding the shite off players because... <laughs> yeah, they probably thought, oh, it's your fault. I'd be thinking to myself... It's your fault, I got the barriers up. The Milk Cup final, if I'd have met a few players in the, the Monday, I would have bored them shitless because they deserved it. But, um, you know, but it was kind of nice. You sat there and you yap away to someone. Like, I remember Guy Warwick was incredibly friendly and people like that. And, and I never spoke to Guy Bannister because it, it was just never hit you, meet your heroes too much. You know what I mean? Like, that there and things like that. And you're kind of respectful. And I guess many football fans have changed since them days as well, where, you know, you played for Newcastle now, or if you played for Newcastle now, I guess it'd be a lot different to when you played for them because football's evolved and all that sort of thing. But um, I kind of think it's sad how we're going. I mean, I was deeply upset, and I'm not going to lie, at what happened at Spurs Arsenal the other day with the banana incident. Mm. I just, for the life of God, when will this ever stop? Do you know what I mean, Les? I mean, this is this is... Clive Best, all these people. This is 60 years. Caribbean players have been coming over here. African players, all sorts of players. Irish players have been coming here. Were you surprised it was Tottenham? Because I was flipping surprised. Do you know what? Um, I, Sean, I did a programme with uh, a documentary with Ian Wright. Mm. And they, they spoke about, um, you know, they, they one of the, the pictures was John Barnes kicking a banana off the pitch when someone threw it out. And I always say, sometimes you see things and it just triggers things in people's minds. Yeah. And, you know, uh, racism isn't a problem <laughs> in football. It's a problem in society. It's just where people can go and vent it sometimes. Uh, you know, we used to be able to do it, you know, on a large scale at football clubs. Mm. Now, I, I said in the programme that... Um, I played for one of the, the, the most racist clubs that there was in this country, in Newcastle, at one stage. You know, as, as, as a black player, you can go out there and play. I remember because the, the abuse that you would get was, was 
Can't have been worse than Chelsea. Yeah, it probably was. I can't have been. I remember when they had their first black player. He and made his Canada, debut. Yeah, yeah. 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 Scored a goal. Yeah, and they booed and, him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just unbelievable. Thinking of Nevis Bridge then, didn't they? Yeah, the yeah that's right, yeah. So, Newcastle, I mean, so... Did you ever experience... I mean, I don't want to bring up all wounds, but when it happened to you, what, what did you think? Because I'd struggle with that. I'd probably jump in the crowd and, and shove it down their throat. I mean, it was... Uh, I, I, the, the, my first... I mean, the, you know, I have to, the, to, to bow my cap and bow down to the likes of, you know, Viv Anderson and, and as you talk, mentioned Clyde Best, you know, the late Shul Regis, Laurie Cunningham... And, oh, Laurie Cunningham, and, I love Laurie And um, Brendan Batson and those guys, because they took, you know, even John Barnes, they took a lot of stick, they took a lot more stick than I ever got. Yeah. You know, um, the first um, bout of stick I really got was um, against Evan, uh, Evan supporters. Um, I, I went into training one day and I had some letters here, and when I opened the letters inside, the letters were swastikas and stuff like that, go back to where you come from and all that. Yeah, and it was, it was horrible. Love gross. And that was, that was where, that's when it... You know, I said to someone the other day, I was doing goals on Sunday, and I said, Evan, just every time I played against him, I just had to score. I had to score. And then, and then I said, um, and then I said, I should have played at Goodison Park. And then the geezer came back and said, in 11 appearances, he scored nine at, at Goodison Park. You know? no. And I said, if, I, if I'd have played two, if I'd only scored two goals in the season, it would have been against Everton at home and away. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean it, was, it was that, it just gave me that. You know, I, I needed to do that. That was awful, though. Yeah. Did you, I was supposed to get the post. Yeah, it was loads. Oh, it was, that was just one. It was loads of stuff that, that, that it, can't, it was unbelievable. I think, that's, yeah. I think that's the problem is that people don't realise the extent of it. And also, when with stuff like the documentary, it feels like something in the past and actually it's, it's, it's ever present. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why Saturday, you know, was kind of sickingly important because it proves to people this is not something we can kind of look back on and say, oh, thank God it's not like that anymore. It is running through these football stands and through society. And if it takes that situation at the North London derby to make some bit of difference, then, you know, hopefully that will happen. But Just awful. Yeah, we're, we're, in a, we're in a politically correct society, you know, and, you know, every now and again people slip up Mm. The gentleman yesterday slipped up on stage, but normally he, he, he might be thinking it, but he's clever enough not to not to say it. And I always say when you when you when you you know you go in the boardrooms, you go to these places. I said, you know, people like John Terry, the, the people that make these remarks, I'd rather know rather than you shaking my hand and, and feeling that way about me when my back's turned or saying it to someone else. I'd rather know that's how you feel. At least I know how to deal with it. Okay. Yeah, but I don't yeah. want you to shake my hand and pretend that you're all friendly with me. And then when my back's turned, then you're saying, yeah. you know. And so if you're gonna throw a banana, I'd rather know you're gonna throw a banana at me. See, okay, it's an interesting. Way to at learn. least I know. At least I know what I'm dealing with. The old-fashioned fascist. Yeah, exactly. That's all. I just, I just, uh, to be honest, I, 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 I was appalled, mm. and you know, I, don't, I don't know whether, I, you know, I, listen, I grew up Belfast, all that nonsense that went over there. Well, it wasn't nonsense. People died. It was horrible. Um, Came to Lapa Grove, Westbourne Park in the eighties. <laughs> I have never had such a laugh in my life. You know, you go down there, and it was always somewhere I felt that people of any origin could go to QPR, yeah. and there'd be no hassle. You know, you go in there, but it was always like that on the terraces. I mean, it was the terraces were the most interesting place to be. You had, you must have had, I don't know, fifty, sixty different nationalities on the terraces. Uh, it was, and there was a different atmosphere at the QPR terraces. Yeah. I mean, you knew it when you played the, you know, the London derbies against the West Ham's and the Tottenham's. It all got pretty nasty because they'd come onto your terraces. But otherwise, 
It was a great place yeah. to be. The whole thing about the club, you were just part. As I say, it's one big family. It's just a... I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to explain to youngsters nowadays because everything, all the players are celebs and it's, mm. the whole game's changed. But in those days, it was just, it was something special. It was, it didn't matter. The game was awful. It didn't matter. You'd meet interesting people. Yeah. You know, that was the difference. I mean, I was, I was, uh, I, uh, my, my parents never allowed me to go to football. I was never allowed to go and, and watch football because they thought it was an environment where it wasn't safe for a young black kid to go. The only place I ever went was QBR. Stood in the loft, watched uh, QBR play against Leicester. And um, QBR won 3-1. And I was like, why have I not been allowed to go to this? Mm. Because I felt really safe. I didn't feel like intimidated. I didn't feel, I didn't feel scared. I, just, I watched the game and I loved it. Yeah. And I, just got in, I just got enthralled in the game. But, you know, my parents were like, no, you can't go down. You know? I was, I was a, one of my uncles was QBR uh, supporters, so I, I went with him. Um, and me and my cousin, we absolutely loved it. Wouldn't stop talking about it. But my parents, were ne- unless he was taking us, was never allowed to go again. Oh, that's sad, like, isn't it? Yeah. I hope that's never going to happen again in our history. I mean, I remember, listen, the 80s were never good and things like that, but I never experienced a QPR. I remember once, the worst I ever heard of QPR, which I thought was pretty bad, somebody was taking the corner once and someone said, oh, I hope you die of cancer. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. That's gone a wee bit too far. I've heard that towards the ref and the lino, like similar. I, I hope try, you die or something like I, that. I try to make insults better, like I hope you get a rule book, you know, or something like <laughs> that. Like other things like that. And, and with all this, I'm the wings. I've, I've got absolutely mashed out of my head, and I'm not very good at Chelsea away, especially if John Terry's on the pitch, and um, you know things like that. And I, I can't believe he got away. What he got away with? But you know what? That's that's sadly we live in. And, the thing that was worrying about that whole John Terry incident was the fact that you had so many Chelsea supporters taking to the social media in support of him. And, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't understand it. Why, can, why could they not see this? Why could they not step beyond that? But then it's, it's the loyalty. It's, it's that your club it's over just, everything, isn't it? I know, I know. But it's just despicable. I mean, it's just, there's no place for it. I don't understand why he got off so lightly, to be quite honest. I thought, I thought it was disgraceful. Well, I kind because, of I, because sorry to, to no. cut in, because as I just said to as I just said, it's the people that don't really see it as a problem. They pretend to see it as a problem. Yeah. John Terry's come out and said it, yeah. and you know what? I sat back and I said, I listened to it, and I said, while everyone's going crazy, yeah. let me think about this. And I thought about it. And what I said about John. What I said about John Terry was someone asked me, was he racist? And I said, I don't know. Really, don't know. Because it, I may go to work at a football club, I may go to work in an office, I may go work in a supermarket, wherever it is, and there may be a, a culture of people that I don't like where I work. But I have to put up with them while I'm at work. So, mm. you know, I have to, I may not have to be friendly, but I have to, to put up with them in my environment. When I leave my place of work, I don't have to have anything to do with them. Well, I, don't have to, I don't have to interact with them in any way, shape or form. When John Terry got married, he had black people at his wedding. He had a black singer and he had a black DJ. But the words he used were racist and you have to suffer the consequences of your action. The same way if I sit in there now and I drink three, three glasses of vodka and I jump in my car and I drive down the road and the police pull me over and I say, officer, I'm really sorry, it's the first time I've ever done it. They'll say, no, that's fine, Mr Ferdinand, but blow into this bag. Mm-hmm. And I blow into the bag and they say, right, you're over the limit and you have to suffer the consequences of your actions. Yeah. He had to suffer the consequences of his actions. But as I said, as to, as to whether he's racist or not, yeah. I, have to, I have to ask myself a question. And people find that really strange coming from a black man. But 
like I said, he had black people at his wedding. He had black people, he had black DJ, black singer. Yeah. So there's a there's a little bit of. I'm not so sure. What I want to know, Les, is still whenever I go to football games, probably bar Arsenal in London especially, the crowd are, are not diverse no. when it comes to colour or gender. And it, it, I find it really interesting. I know gender's getting better, but QPR is in a really diverse community and we do loads of work in the area, really great charity work, especially with you know what happened with Grenfell. But... No. Why is it that, you know, the crowd is still the same sort of class and colour that have been coming for decades? Is it price? Is it appeal? Why do you think that is? I think when I, when I first uh, came to the club and um, uh, when, when uh, Richard Thompson took over and stuff, they, they used to ask me the same question. Um, you know, why do we not get... You say, we, we live across the road from the White City, which is highly populated by black, black people. Why do we not get them into the stadium? I said because for a long time QPR I haven't supported the the area. Mm. You know, I said like I went to school around the corner at Christopher Wren and I said Southampton used to come and scout our players. We had no we had no what players we had no players from West London in the QPR youth team. So why why if you're not going to support the community, what the hell do you want the community to support you? And that was that was back then, and I just think that, like I said, as a, as, a, as a kid growing up, my my parents wouldn't allow me to to go to football, and I still think there's that. St- Still, that bit of stigma around it. Um, as much as we say things have changed, um, and as much as they have changed, and you know, I see more black people, more black people going to football than I've ever seen before. But um, they're usually in the, in, the, in the, the, the the guys are scouts, or if their 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 son or their cousin or their is playing, I'm, I'm not sure you get as many. Well, you don't get as many going as as you would like. It's a shame because it's got something that's got to be addressed, and hopefully it will do one day. And I kind of I feel for you in a situation because with, with being a prominent black player, people always ask you about racism. Mm. The same as when I'm, you know, being Irish, people always ask me about which side of the fence I'm from in Northern Ireland. You know, mm. you're Protestant or you're Catholic or whatever. And it's just sad that in 2018 we're still having this conversation. Dear God, I mean. You know the Berlin Wall's come down. You know yeah. every, everything's moved on. You know Christ, we've got men walking the moon. And, and it, why can people just not get that people are people? You can be good, you can be bad, you can be a bloody good striker. Yeah. That's what you care about in life. Yeah. Where, where you come from? How you, I mean, I, I remember years ago. I'll end on this because <coughs> I, I don't want to turn into a massive rap. But he's a black guy from Kilburn, mate of mine. We're, we're, you know, we're having this this argument. This, this guy walks up to him and sort of says, "Oh." And you go back to where you come from. He goes, I'd love it. You get me a house in West Hampstead tomorrow and I'll move in. <laughs> it's probably the best answer I've ever heard in my life. And your man's like, huh? Goes, yeah, mate, I was born in West Hampstead. Have you seen the price of a house in West Hampstead? And it's just, please God, we, do you know, if we have this conversation in 20 years' time, we've all failed. And that's a sad thing, isn't it, really? You know, it's, it's funny because I've been having this conversation for near on 30 years. Oh, no. You know, uh, about coaching, about management. I've been having it for, to, for uh, as long as I've been in football. No, what will change it? I think you, you've got to look at the, the the I always say the FA. You know, they're the, they're the, they're the governing body, and there's nobody of any colour in any prominent position at the FA. You know, we've mm. got we've got these you know outdated councils who, you know, it's just it's just it's archaic. In, 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 in the way in, in the way the systems run, 
And until things, until we see change at the top, I don't think it filters down. It has to happen at the top first, and if it doesn't, you know, it's. Um, I suppose it would really help if we had a woman footballer who won an award and someone didn't ask him to twerk. <laughs> <laughs> but there is no idea. Now, before yeah. we wrap up, I want you to think about this because what you do, we do a thing called the R's end. R's end. Right, we've got to think of something you haven't said. Yours is going to be a bit special. I want you to pick your best QPR team that you played with. Oh, wow. In 1 to 11. I'm going to let you think about it while we go around the room. Because mm-hmm. I think it could be a little. But one thing I want to ask you before you had Stayskill. Could he speak any English? Yeah, he could. But he just, you know, back, back then, foreign players were very, very clever. Oh. Very, very clever. And I still, probably still very, very clever today. But Yam was very, very clever. And what he did, he, he understood when he needed to understand. <laughs> and he spoke when he needed to speak. <laughs> and when he didn't want to understand and when he didn't want to speak, he just went, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he was so, a really keeper. He was a fantastic goalkeeper. I can't believe with some of the World Cup he signed for Rangers, I'm like... Yeah. But I remember, Don, I think Don Howe, going back to Don, was... Um, yeah, as long as he's happy, he's happy going around seeing Spies, all is good or something. I remember Don Howe said the same way seeing Spies <laughs> and Jan Stayskill was like... <laughs> interesting. But I just want to ask that because... He used to when he used to make a mistake. I don't know if you remember. He used to just go, and people were shouting at him. He didn't understand. If you look at it, you're like, "What are you saying to me?" Exactly. And then when he pulled off a really good save and a penalty at Newcastle, you see that? You see that? So after what? Could you actually speak English? Think about what I said about your best eleven. Flo, your hours end, and have you enjoyed tonight's podcast? It's been great to speak to Les and hear about kind of. I guess behind the scenes and um, what we don't kind of experience as a football fan, which is always really interesting. Um, my R's end is just looking forward to getting, well, I'm not playing, but I was about to say getting back out on the pitch, but of just the season, the season, the season um, continuing because it's actually really enjoyable this year. Yeah. So I'm looking to see what happens and how we react after Saturday's result. Cause it's, it's just been a, a really enjoyable ride when we look back over this season. I think it's been difficult, but really enjoyable. So, yeah, looking forward to Saturday again. Yeah. Thank you, Flo. Morris. Uh, well, my R's end is to do, obviously, with the cup draw that happened uh, last night. Um, I don't understand. Sorry? We get to see who beats us. <laughs> well, you say that, but, I mean, I was actually... I don't un- understand. The, there was a lot of groaning on, on Twitter about it being Leeds. To me, I was actually quite excited that we're playing a good side who are doing well at the moment. I'm hoping that both sides put out a full full squad, and I don't see why um, Loftus Road shouldn't have a good crowd. I mean, I'd like to see Ellerslie Road to be opened. I mean, I just I to me, I'm excited about it. It's, it's a cup tie, first one for quite a while that I'm actually really quite interested okay. in. Price it right, fill it up. Well, I think so. I mean, Leeds will bring a lot. There should be a good atmosphere. I mean, it, it, like the old cup days. I mean, I'm, I'm probably being optimistic here, but I was actually quite excited about it. And uh, uh, it's, I, I think it's a good, good cup tie. It's strange because in the old cup days, I remember having a packed loft as well against Sealsbury. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? People, people would turn up. So hmm. I don't know what's happened to the FA Cup. I think it's a crying shame because it's the only... It, I would, as a... As a Young lad, to see QPR Wembley was probably the height, apart from 86, which I won't mention again. I'm <laughs> d- deeply sorry for anyone still in therapy. I still am myself. To see, when I was a kid, saying, that's my team yeah. at Wembley. Gobshite referees are good. I wasn't <laughs> um, and it, it, the pride you feel. And um, it's just a shame that we sometimes 
play players that maybe aren't near the ready and we go out like against Blackpool or whatever. And but I, I do understand when managers talk about respect, but I just think someone at some point has got to take it the pride back in the cup because Rangers fans badly need something, don't you think? We need something to I don't know if we're gonna go in the playoffs this season, be optimistic, but we're not gonna get relegated. We're winning games again, it's good. Win at Forest away. Please God a cup run and win at Forest because I swear I'd, I'd definitely go for Forest win rather than uh, the, the cup, cup run, run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go all the time up there I mean, my, taking my sons up there I had my, my youngest had was my lucky charm he'd, he'd never seen Rangers do anything else but win took him up for the FA Cup game there we lost one yeah he's just there's something about Forest he plays for a junior side they have won every single game this season Apart from the game against Nottingham, which is Nottingham sort of academy boys, and it's just it's just curse. what is it with Nottingham? It's, a curse. it's absolutely a curse. I, I, just, I, I, I got I got dumped by my girlfriend at the time, who went on to marry me. But that's another story, fool. Um, because I I bunked off. It's embarrassing. Cause I used to be a golf, right? So soft sell with Mark Armand, soft sell. I can't remember what it was. One or the other. We're playing at Hammersmith Palais, and I swear to God, I had every intention to go into the concert. I did. I, I generally thought I'm not going to Forest. We'll probably lose. It'd be rotten. I'm going to go to the concert. So while I was standing at the city ground, and Nigel Clough scored the fastest ever hat trick ever, I was thinking <laughs> to myself, Ah, oh, this isn't going to end well, and I got dumped. <laughs> Terrible day, and you know, deservedly. <laughs> I used to do that. I used to. This is terrible, Liz. I, I, I won't make this my hard end, but it's true. I used to get Saturday jobs, and no, I had no intention of going to work. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I would, I would, I would. I remember getting the job at Bishopsbury Road, and just getting out and looking at the Sainsbury's and the, Bish- the old Bishopsbury Road. Remember, there used to be a Sainsbury's there, and Roy Oak, and thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch Rangers. And would just do that. And um, I don't know. I think we're a very special club. I, I love that thing. But I don't know why I ever took Saturday jobs. To this day on, I still don't know why I take Saturday jobs as my company. There you go. My odds ends is pretty simple. Um, Grenville was touched upon earlier on. We're local. Yeah. We, we know. Everyone knows. I was, I was sad and depressed at times because people were saying horrible things about it, which I just... That could have been me as a kid. Could have been you. Could be anyone. Um, magnificent how you and the club crowd yourselves, and you give them people respect. And politicians could spend the day around QPR and watch what we did for our local community. And I'm very, very proud, Les, of what you and the guys did. Um, I can't thank you enough because it doesn't matter what them people were. No one should ever, ever experience what they went through. Um, because it was social house and everyone thinks, oh, well, there's something other. No, don't think it. It's human beings. So thank you for giving them some respect and for what QPR did that day as well. Yeah, you know, I've had some, I've had some great times at, uh, at QPR and uh, probably that was one of the proudest moments mm. I've had at, at the club, seeing what the club and how they, everyone got together and, and gave back to the community. You know, we always talk about community clubs, community club, community club, but I think we really, really showed that we are a community club and, and, and care about the community. And not just that, to yeah. the rest of the world. Yeah, that's right. This is yeah. the kind of club yeah, that, that we are. I mean, this is the, for, for supporters, it showed what kind of club yeah. we've always thought ourselves to be. Yeah. You know, but there was it for the whole world to see. It was an amazing, yeah. amazing event. And I would also like to add to my other eyes because I do two or three lists. <laughs> I would have loved you more like Gary Bannister if he got a hat trick against him lot. You know, <laughs> I wasn't asking much. You got a brace. Uh, okay, you, sorry, know, right, you know, yeah. you know, but. 
the hat trick. <laughs> you know, it just would have been nice, Les. Oh. That's all I ask, you know. Yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> you, you, you didn't let me down. <laughs> I don't feel bad about it. Just think, I mean, it was nice in them days because, do you know what match sticks in my mind? I don't know about you. Sorry, I will go to yours in a second. It's, it's coming in my head as I'm thinking, that Liverpool game in the FA Cup when we should have battered them yeah. and it was two all at Rangers, do you remember? Yeah, and I just yeah. think, God, how good were we? Yeah. And no one realised it. Do you know the one that sticks out even more was the when we beat them 3-1 up at Anfield? Yeah. And I yeah. think that's when everyone starts to set up and went, wow, what, what just happened there? Like, you know? And to, I remember the game like it, you know, like it was yesterday. Uh, to a man, we were just we outplayed Liverpool at Anfield, and and you Massively. know the, the the great thing about and I still think there's a lot of this in football and at certain clubs, the Anfield crowd clapped us off the pitch. Yeah, they did the, actually. The Anfield crowd clapped us off the pitch on the on the day, and it could be more layers. If yeah, all honesty, yeah, it could have been, been six. Yeah. yeah, you know, in my mind, it could be twelve. I was <laughs> looking. I was just standing going because. I remember when we were top of the league and we did that thing, not the Noel Edmonds thing, which yeah. I thought was hilarious, <laughs> but the um, QED thing, I don't know, you might have been in Turkey, I don't know, and we were top of the league and QED did this documentary in QPR and we were top of the league and stuff. Anyway, we're going to Anfield and we're, we're top of the league and got done 4-0. It was <laughs> horrendous. You know, one time again, you think, QPR, this is... Bobby, yeah. yeah. Hello, Martin now did score a good goal against Evan. Anyway, this is not about me, it's about Les. Have you? I do waffle on. I do apologise, Liz. You don't get this in the club podcast. It's far more perfect. Don't look at your watch. Have you picked your eleven players? Really, really. Difficult. I'm not going to ask for subs. Right. And a manager as well. And a manager. Well, I mean, manager goes without saying. Jerry. Jerry left to be the manager. Um, Tony Roberts did really, really well. Um, but Jan Skaishu's day score when he came in was was, was top, top, top draw. Okay. Um, I'd go uh, Dave Bardley right back, Clive Wilson left back. I'd have to go for Alan McDonald. And I'd have to put Danny alongside him. Okay. Danny Maddox. Midfield, Ray Wilkins. It's a real toss up bit, but Ian Holloway did a lot of running for uh, All right. for for I think Ian did so much running and allowed Ray to do what he needed to do. By the running that he was able to do, all right. Um, so it made it um, it made it a lot easier for Ray. Although you said he was, he could hardly walk. Ray was one of the best long distance runners we had at the club, but um, <laughs> no, Ian was like he was outstanding. I remember I remember going there. We used to do this run at Richmond Park, right? The, we, we'd do a week's pre season, and then we'd go off to Sweden or Norway, one of those places. And and on the on the Saturday. Uh, we used to go to Richmond Park and we used to have run around Richmond Park it was the last run you did before you went off to your pre-season thing and Ian Holloway took off on this run I started laughing I went what does he think it's a sprint he took off and the next time I saw him was when we got on the plane to go away to <laughs> <laughs> he'd done the run he'd got changed he'd got home and we were still doing the run like yeah, man, he was just, he was unbelievable. his fitness levels were unbelievable his, his fitness levels were like he was, I, I always said I don't know Dennis Wise was one of the best uh, long-distance runners I'd ever come across. But Ian Holloway sort of like outdone him in terms of... Was Wise uh, he QPR? Uh, was he QPR? He still is. Is he? Still QPR sport, yeah. Okay, oh, Wise has always been a QPR Back sport. to 11. Back to my 11. So, yeah, uh, Ian, uh, I'm going to go for Ian Holloway alongside uh, Ray Wilkins. This and, uh, is going to be tricky for you. Yeah, it's this. really, really tricky. Um, 
Og der stikker jeg lige sind om one side. All right. And then, uh, it's so difficult to leave. Don't and, forget you work with someone. Sorry? You work with someone. Yeah, I know. It's so, it's so difficult to leave them out. Yeah. Um, Does he make you coffee or tea sometimes? No, he doesn't do anything. Good, you've got nothing to worry about then. You've got nothing to worry about. I'll probably go, I'll probably, I think Trevor would have to wedge it. All right, okay. Just because sheer amount of goals he scored. Uh, and who would play alongside Les? I'd have to give that to Kevin. Yeah. I'd have to give it to Kevin. You know, I'd, you know, Bradley, play with Roy for a little bit, but, you know, I'd probably had more consistent times with Kevin. Well, that's that's yeah. not a bad little side. So when you yeah. run them names off, you kind of think. Yeah. It's not a bad cup side, is it? No, no. And when, you know, and to leave sort of like Andrew Impey out, you know, it's Darren Peacock leave him out, you know, we had some. Paul Parker. Paul Parker. I mean, I didn't. The only reason I'm, I'm saying that is because I didn't really play that much with Paul. All oh, right. Okay. When I got into the side, Paul had sort of like more or less gone, he was on his way to. Yeah. And, and, and he'd gone, so I didn't play that much with Paul Parker. I mean, I mean, when we bought him, he was just the most amazing buy yeah. we had ever had. He was a How had he come from Fulham? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But he was a make for Dean Cooney. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was Parker was the one that weren't really expecting to make things. Yeah. Really? I think we we we, we, we repaired him a few years later. We gave him Robert Herrera. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he'll leave the self heard. Right, that's not a bad side, Les. Do you know what? First of all, Flo, as always, you're, you're, you're a regular nice, so welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us so often and helping us out and um, hopefully you tomorrow will be less busy. Do you know what I mean? I hope so. Oh, can you imagine that? Like, is there any award ceremonies where you going to invite any sexes? Oh, I don't know. You never know what someone might say. <laughs> oh, dear God. This is why I drive a van. Um, Morris, thank you so much. Um, you you, you, uh, you got to click around on ranges more often these days? Or you, you... Going down a bit more often, but... This, this been, as I say, for me, it's been a manic year growing, I and mean, we're still dispatching. Bit like big time. So it gets quiet. <laughs> it gets quiet in the new year. Good man. But I'm also trying to watch my son play, and that's all down in Gloucestershire. So, so that's yeah, torn wonder, between the two. I wonder if someone might get into the team. Can't think who. Les, what can I say? One of the best podcasts we've done, man. I, I can't even believe how, how good this has been. I hope you've been, and I thank you for that. I like the fact that maybe we're going to see him page with John Terry, but we won't say any more than that. Um, what's your message to QPR fans over the next couple of seasons? I mean, I, you know, when I came through the door, I, I, I knew I was putting my reputation on the line. I knew it was going to be painful because um, I'd seen what had gone on and, you know, looking at it. Um, but I think the, the club's in good hands now. Um, Lee Hughes is, is doing a tremendous club uh, job in, in trying to balance the books. Um, I, I know we have to... Um, try and bring some players through and we're going to have to sell one or two of those players as well. I think we have to be realistic about that to be able for us to maintain and, you know, this financial fair play thing is not, it's not easy on a club and, you know, the owners would, if they could, they would plug loads of money back into it, you know, and, you know, they've, they've plugged loads of money, lost loads of money, but they're still fighting because they want, they want QBR to be successful uh, and if they could, they would put more money into it but just because of the, 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 the situation they're not able to so mm. you know the, you know they have, they got to bear with us you know sports have got to bear with we're trying to do the right thing and there's not a decision made at the football club that is made to not try and benefit Queen's Park Rangers every decision that is made is to try and help the club move forward sometimes we get them wrong and you know we brought some players in that haven't worked for us but you know when you're spending two three million on a striker in the, in the championship that's what you're getting a two million three million pound striker uh, we've got to try and when we're bringing him we're trying to make him better sometimes it'll work sometimes it won't and that's just where we are at a football club I'm free Saturday oh yeah yeah 
46, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> no, I think I think I think the, the key last season was patience. This season we're seeing something, mm-hmm. and long may that continue. But you know what? I don't mind the old days of players coming to QPR and using a stepping stone because it's, it's a two-way street. Yeah, they get to improve themselves, and we get a bloody good player. Yeah, and we've said that we've said that for a long time. You know, there's players that are going to come, and if they want to use the club as a stepping stone, that means if if they if they're stepping up, that means they're doing the right things at the football they're club. Not stepping the other way. Yeah, exactly. You good mind yourself Les thank you for coming in Pleasure. to our oh, humble great. podcast we can't thank you enough and hopefully um, you'll go away tonight and um, think about some of the advice that we've given you for this season <laughs> <laughs> I certainly will gluten free pies everyone. <laughs> right thank you so much for sticking with us for the podcast it's been um, an amazing podcast so proud to be part of it Morris Flo Les Paul who didn't speak much thank you and our engineer Harry it's been a great podcast and uh, see you up at Oh, shit, Leeds for predictions. You can, ah, how can I forget? Quickly flow, predictions. 1-0. Les? I'd say 1-0 win. Good man. Paul, Shaddock? 1-0 win. Morris? I actually think it'd be a 2-0 win. Clean sheet, wow. 5-0 Rangers, and these tablets are great. This has been up with all ours. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please keep supporting us.